we have one singular goal here. We have one singular goal, and that's with Richie Port to be on the podium in Paris. And that work and that effort starts on Saturday here in Dusseldorf. Hello, thanks for joining Cycling Journals on the Road. This is Gregor Brown, joined this evening in Dusseldorf with Rupert Guinness. Rupert, cheers. We're sitting outside the El Gitano, a Spanish-Argentinian restaurant uh, being served by uh, a Spaniard from Mallorca who fell in love with this girl from Dusseldorf he was explaining to us earlier when she was visiting with her family on the island of Mallorca. Of course, we're in Dusseldorf because the Tour de France starts here on Saturday with a short time trial. And uh, we're looking ahead to that race. Uh, the time trial there, of course, will be along the Rhine River Saturday. There are many favorites in this race. Uh, Rupert Guinness from Chris Froome, Nairo Quintana, of course, BMC's Richie Port. We heard from the Australian captain of BMC, and uh, we heard from team manager Jim Okovich, who started this podcast and underlined the team's goal in this Tour de France is to support Richie, who's out to win his first Tour de France. Experts, and I know Rupert, you and I are thinking, experts are thinking, we're, we're, we're considered experts by some, that uh, Richie has a good chance to win this tour based upon his performances so far this season. Uh, and of course in the Dauphiné earlier in June, where he almost won the overall, but for that last day. We'll hear from him later on in the podcast. And of course my co-host, co-pilot, uh, dinner companion, and uh, everything else, Rupert Guinness. Uh, Rupert, hello. <laughs> Hi, Gregor. I was getting nervous there when you said and everything else, but uh, yeah, nice to be here and it's exciting. Uh, two sleeps away from this uh, 104th tour getting underway. And you've been covering it for uh, 30 years, and I think your first one was when the uh, tour last took off from Germany in uh, Berlin. It, 1987, was it? Yeah, he's nodding and said yes. I, I've heard many stories about the Checkpoint Charlie in our, in our years covering it, the tours together, the, the Giros and the Tours de France. Um, you were there in 2011 as well, which wasn't so long ago, and that was the first time uh, an Australian won the Tour de France. Of course, we're talking about Cadell Evans. What do you think, Rupert? Does uh, Australia have a, a realistic chance of, of winning the Tour de France again with uh, Richie Port, Tasmanian Richie Port, 32-year-old? I think he's, uh, I think he certainly does have a, a very good chance. Um, obviously, a lot of things can go right or wrong between now and the finish in Paris in uh, three weeks and two days' time, but. You know, Richie's he knows he's got an opportunity here and he knows it's all up to him and his team to make best of that opportunity. And of course, uh, Chris Froome is the out-and-out out favorite. Uh, he's the defending champion, 2016 winner, and it counts three wins so far, and he was there alongside Bradley Wiggins when he won in 2012. Even Froome is saying that Port is the favorite, largely based on what happened in the Dauphiné. Here's what uh, Port had to say about Froome's comments about him being the favorite. Oh, look, I think that's just one of the games that they play. At the end of the day, um, behind closed doors, I think that, you know, they think they've got the, the guy to do it, which, you know, I mean, he's got the track record. But, uh, you know, look, Chris is obviously the one with the biggest target on, on his back. He's the defending champion. And, uh, you know, there's... I don't think it's just going to be between Chris and I. There's, you know, there's so many brilliant bike riders here. So, you know, you can't just focus on, on two guys. It's, uh, you know, more than a two-horse race. Richie, of course, uh, raced four years with Team Sky. He helped, he helped uh, Bradley Wiggins win the Tour in 2012, and, and he helped Chris Froome win the Tour de France. Uh, he joined Team Sky off of Team Saxo Bank. And he's been with BMC Racing for 2000, uh, since 2016, last year. Uh, and then today, ahead of the press conference, they, of course, announced that uh, he'll 
renew beyond 2017. We're, we're guessing it's a two-year contract, 2018, 2019. What do you think, Rupert? Is, this, is, is there any truth to these mind games that, that Richie talk, is talking about with that Team Sky labeling him as the favorite? I think there is, Gregor, because, uh, you know, in sport, a lot of sport is about mind games and the friendship that uh, Richie and uh, Chris have, or had, or have, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we don't know the exact extent of it right now, but certainly as Monaco neighbours and former teammates and training partners, they've built a very strong friendship there and Richie has helped him, as you said, uh, a very a great deal in those uh, some of those wins. I think that now that... Um, Our plates are coming out. Oh, that's beautiful. Nice looking steak there. Right, 300 gram rump steak. I got some of the Argentinian skewers here. Or a skewer, a very large skewer with a side salad. <laughs> Gracias. Um, look, I think uh, certainly the mind games uh, have been in play. I mean, there's been a bit of foreplay, so to say, so to speak, in the months leading up to this, and uh, we're seeing things get a little bit more edgy. Uh, but as they should be, this is the world's biggest race, and yeah, yeah, I always get edgy in this race. Yeah, we noticed that as we <laughs> when we couldn't find a restaurant, you're getting a bit edgy. <laughs> Or a bar first, or a drink. Um, uh, I smoothed it out with it when you ordered me the beer. Yeah, yeah, and the Rioja, Rioja wine is uh, fine, going down. Well. Fine red wine. Um, look, there, there, there is, uh, there are mind games going on. It was interesting in yesterday's uh, press conference with Sky. I asked Vroom uh, about suggestions that, uh, well, about the fact that there had been suggestions that he may be playing on the yeah. mind games or the friendship. Um, he very, you know, for Froome, he pretty he quickly uh, poured water on that idea, but he was a little bit defensive, a little bit edgy in his tone of voice, and I noticed that his face went slightly red. So sometimes body language says more than the actual words that comes out of someone's mouth. If you enjoy these podcasts, please consider reviewing them in iTunes. It will make them more visible to others when they search. And become a supporter by making a donation. You can send money via PayPal to this email, gmarone at gmail.com. That's G, M as in Mary, A, R, R, O, N as in Nancy, E as in Edward, at gmail.com. It's listed on our Facebook page, along with the other donation options. You're listening to Cycling Journals on the Road. 32-year-old Richie Port from Tasmania won the time trial on the Criterium du Dauphiné by 12 seconds over Tony Martin. He put 37 seconds into Chris Froome, who seemed to be suffering that day. Port nearly won stage six. He led the race by a massive one minute and two seconds and looked ready to win ahead of the final stage. However, his arrivals attacked him left and right, and he was isolated and had to claw back. Then Jakob Fulkelsang shot away and won the stage and won the overall by 10 seconds. We, we were incredible the day before on the Alp d'Huez stage. The, the guys were incredible. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a shame that the, the race panned out like that. And I would have loved to have won that race, but uh, you know, perhaps next year. But you, know, you, you learn from, uh, from experiences like that. And I think I learned that uh, you know, if uh, people gang up on you, then it's, it's going to make for hard racing. But um, you know, that's, that's in the past now and we'll move on to the tour. So uh, I think it's going to be, you know, hopefully no... Uh, you know, n- nothing like that happens again, but uh, you know, the tour's a different race. There's always someone with interest in the stage, and you know, hopefully, the, the Dauphiné is just a, an isolated experience. Port seemed to be truly affected by that episode. He said before he won't forget it come July. Were there others ganging up on him that day, Rupert? What's your opinion? 
Look, I think when uh, you have the yellow jersey uh, and the common interest is for other, for, amongst other riders to try and get the yellow jersey, um, of course that's going to happen to you as a rider. And it's interesting that Richie has mentioned it several times, that ganging up sort of aspect, and obviously it it's it, it's got under his goat a bit. That's you know, getting really under your. It's, it's brewing there because yeah, he mentioned brewing. it immediately after the stage, uh, after the Dauphiné, and then he's he brought it up again in the press conference today. Yeah, exactly. And um, you know, you, you may suggest that uh, he probably shouldn't um, do that. But what it was nice, interesting as a journalist to hear that is obviously there's a common thread there, and, and it actually reinforces maybe the impact of what that day had on him. Um, Okay, they were very. You know, the team says they're very satisfied with second, but obviously um, for Richie, uh, it really uh, impacted, or uh, you know, it, it pissed him off that he didn't win a great race that he should have won. But the bonus of that is he's coming into that tour hurt by that experience, and even though he does repeat that uh, stuff about being ganged up on, you know what? If it means that. In the Tour de France, he's better equipped to handle that that, uh, that situation. Even if tactically being quicker to respond, um, he can uh, handle that. And and bear in mind, his ride uh, to chase Full Fang down in the end was a brilliant uh, uh, display of his resolve. That shows that he can convert a setback into um, you know into a you know into a positive. And he came very close to defending that jersey. Yeah, yeah. because he 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 pulled back Fulgasang equal on time, but then Fulgasang had the 10-second bonus, and he won by 10 seconds mm-hmm. with that time bonus. Richie Port after the stage blamed Valverde and Chris Froome particularly for for just setting on his will and, and risking to lose the overall to see him lose the overall. What's your take on, on Chris Froome and, and Richie Port, who, who seem to be the best of buds in Team Sky, and, and now it's, it's hard to figure out if they're friends still or not? Look, I'm, I'm sure this, the friendship is there, because if, if the friendship was as strong as what it was beforehand, you're not just going to just throw it away like that. But maybe it's a friendship that's being put on hold for a while, because obviously, uh, I think, uh, possibly, you know, Froome, you know, he obviously sees as the, you know, the emerging Richie Port, yeah. open commas, Tour de France champion, close commas. They have a mutual goal. They both want to win this Tour de France. Even though I said that Richie hasn't said to win the Tour, but, you know, they, you know, they, but they know between them two, they're going for a common goal. And I think, at the moment, um, it's, if their friendship is as strong as it has been, uh, that's something that will resume at that strength after their careers, I'm sure. And I think it's great for cycling, though, that there is a, uh, an edgy competitive rivalry. It's a great story. This, this, we like it. We like this, it. Yeah, we're talking. I put my journalist cap on, of course, and uh, this story of these two best mates suddenly wanting the same thing. It's about the older brother and the younger brother, even though I think there's only a month between them. But in experience and in, in success, obviously Chris is uh, on another level at the moment uh, from results and all that uh, than what Richie is. But as Chris would know, there's nothing more dangerous than someone who's so hungry to get that first Tour de France win when it's within grasp. And, and, and Chris knows how to get under Richie's skin, how to ruffle his feathers, it seems. Yeah, sure. I think he, I think he does. And, you know, he, you may suggest that he has the upper edge there. Well, one thing about Froome also, but sitting on, on uh, Richie's wheel in the Dauphiné, he wasn't even, he wasn't probably at the level to be able to do, uh, like to attack him or to do anything else than do that. Um, which I think we've all seen and he's recognised, but I don't think the Froome, and Richie said this too, I don't think the Froome that we saw at the Dauphiné is the Froome we're going to see in the Tour de France. And interestingly, Cadell Evans, uh, who was... What did Cadell... Cadell had some advice for Richie Port today, didn't he? 
Yeah, well, he had some advice for Richie Port, which was just, just a paraphrase. Well, his eight words, I can't remember verbatim what those eight words were, but just to sort of paraphrase and basically it was stay calm, relax, enjoy the race. <laughs> Which was kind of interesting coming from Cadell, who was, you know, had so many, you know, top results twice second by less than a minute, and uh, and as we all do know that there was the, the myriad of uh, the elements of the Tour de France, the complexities of the Tour that make it so hard are not within the race; they're outside of the race. The madness of the race, the controversies, everything like that, that can make or break a rider. And Cadell did have a number of years where he struggled with that. Yeah, but interestingly, yeah. the year he actually won the Tour in 2011 was the year. He was the most calm and relaxed, and all those things. And so that those few, oh, those eight words of advice that he had for Richie Port today, was almost like the advice that he took or learnt back in 2011 after so much strife and tears and literally tears and uh, and everything that went wrong in Cadell's career up to that point. So I, I think it's just it's just a fabulous. Uh, that's what makes the tour so damn hard to win. And uh, for those of you who don't remember Cadell, of course, racing the I think the pink colours of uh, Telecom T-Mobile, he raced. And those awful colors of the lotto and then uh, he was in the red and uh, black colors of bmc racing and that's where he's won he won his tour de france and, and that's where richie port's racing now does richie port need to strike early in this tour de france to to take that mental advantage to kind of avoid these situations where it seems seems that richie port gets gets uh, his feathers ruffled quite easily does he need to get an early advantage, an early mental advantage in this Tour de France? That's a good question, Grigor, because well, I think first up it, it works in his favour that the Tour will start with a time trial because he can get that advantage early. Um, so it's not actually a tactical decision to make. It's actually just the fact that there's a time trial. It's, he's probably one of the strongest, not the strongest time trials amongst the GC contenders. And for him, it's an opportunity to gain time. Now, in between there and, say, maybe the first test of the GC guys, the uh, uh, Planche de Belfi, um, I think, you know, I don't think he needs to strike in between there. Of course, if an opportunity arises, it's handy. But that's another question I asked Cadell about that, because when he won in 2011, Cadell very quickly... Did he give you an eight-word answer? No, then he went on. <laughs> but I'll make it. I'll give a brief version. Okay. Give me the word version. Basically, basically, Cadell said, you know, he went for time bonuses, and he also won that stage at. Um, Is that Murder Britannia. Murder Yeah, with the photo. Murder Britannia with the photo finished with Contador, who yeah. famously yeah. raised his hand. Yeah. I mean, that all worked into the psychological battle for Cadell. But as Cadell said today. As a GC rider, that was one of his strengths, being able to say have a little bit of a sprint and go for bonuses, whereas he didn't wasn't able at that time to be able to um, outclimb his rivals. Where he says his he wasn't advised, but he says for someone like Richie, um, Richie, one of Richie's strengths besides time trialing is climbing, and he can take time on others in the mountains. So he's not suggesting that. Richie needs to do what you said is to try and chase time or you know in the in the first 10 days is what Cadell did when he won because uh, Richie really is a rider who who can excel in those in those mountains just you, it's about picking your strengths Cadell, uh, Richie's strengths are the mountains and the time trial uh, in between stay safe well the truth will slowly come out over the next 21 days of this Tour de France Rupert I'm I'm ready for it and I'm ready for this 2017 Tour de France setting cell from Dusseldorf on Saturday. Rupert Guinness, thanks for joining the podcast. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Can you refill my glass, please, Gregor? Thank you for listening to Cycling Journals on the Road.